Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. Good news, Michael. Uh, We... We don't have to go to Stillwater anymore this football season. Yeah, and you don't have to go to Lubbock for a long time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You can interact us with, uh, with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version. That will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. All right, Fitz, Kansas State went to Texas Tech in need of a big victory and eventually turned to true freshman quarterback Avery Johnson, who ran for all of five of the Wildcats' touchdowns in a 38-21 win. So... How good was Avery Johnson on Saturday? Well, he tied a school record uh, for single-game touchdowns. And keep in mind, he didn't play the whole game. Will Howard played, I don't know, five, six series. Um, He tied that record that was set by his offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. It's the most touchdowns by a freshman uh, in a game in Big 12 history. It's the most uh, touchdowns. I can't remember all the records. He was incredible. It was uh, absolutely amazing to watch him. Uh, because, first of all, we knew going into the game, Texas Tech, the way they line up does not defend the quarterback run game very well. But Avery Johnson is 
quick and fast. You gotta understand the difference there. And on top of that, he's incredibly bright and he makes very fast decisions. So he'll decide, he's very definitive, and then he cuts up through a, a hole and then he's just gone. He just turns on those jets. He's absolutely a blast to watch, he really is. And then uh, Oklahoma State adjusted their defense a little bit, so he just started handing it, the ball off uh, to his running backs. And uh, uh, Treshawn Ward had a great game, went over 100 yards. Then he started throwing the ball because they adjusted to that. He was eight of nine uh, passing the ball. And his one uh, incompletion was thrown a little bit behind Phil Brooks, probably should have caught it. Look, Will Howard's the starting quarterback, I would imagine, on Saturday because what made him good in this game was part of the matchup. But also, it's something he can sustain if, some, if teams don't want to adjust to him. Believe me when I say after what he did on Saturday, teams are going to adjust to him. So now it's up to Avery Johnson to show what else he can do, how else he can damage you. And he is so fast that he can make plays that don't look good look brilliant. And it's just going to be hard to keep him off the field. I think they'll kind of platoon Will Howard and Avery Johnson for the short term. And, and then they'll kind of turn their direction around to uh, who's really settled in as the quarterback. But I tell you what, K-State needed this. They got the win. They come home to play TCU and Houston in back-to-back -back weeks. And he kind of changed everything for this offense. And the defense was better after he went on the field. Michael, it's hard to explain how good quarterbacks do that. Uh, but they had interceptions on three straight Texas Tech possessions. Yeah, I thought Avery Johnson was awesome. And I think the thing that maybe gets overlooked with him is his athleticism. Yeah. He's a guy that coming out of high school was tabbed as one of the, the freaks of his class athletically, and he really showed it. And to show it as a freshman in a Big 12 game, right, looked like one of the best athletes on the field, super impressive. I'm fascinated to see how Chris Kleiman uses him over the next few weeks. Yeah, he, he's just kind of got it all together. He's a very, very intelligent kid, too. Well, Kansas led for most of the second half in Stillwater, but KU's offense was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter, and the Jayhawks fell to the Cowboys 39-32. Michael, what did you make of KU's performance? It's another example that I think Kansas needs to play complimentary football, right? Yeah. You look at the start of the game, KU's defense was nowhere to be found. It was like 2022 all over again with how easy Oklahoma State was cutting through KU. Then you go late in the game and it felt like kind of 2021, Lance Leipold's first year where KU's offense just couldn't get anything going. And look, you have to give credit to Oklahoma State. They had an incredible game plan. They targeted Kansas with screen passes, with quick actions, doing things that really take advantage of the way KU plays defense. On the other side, Oklahoma State basically said, we're gonna stop the run. We've got this 3-3-5 defense. We're gonna have six guys in the box at all times. Your running back is gonna have to make a linebacker miss. And those linebackers for Oklahoma State are really, really good. And as a result, Jason Bean answered the bell. He was incredible through three quarters, right? You're looking at being one touchdown away from tying a school record. Five passing touchdowns is a career high. He surpassed 400 passing yards. He made some of the best throws he's made during his time in Lawrence. And then there's the interception. And I think the wheels really fell off from there. He didn't read the defense as well after that. He had some deflections and one of them was turned into an interception. But from there, things really unraveled and KU's offense wasn't able to do much. The defense was able to get a couple stops for some field goal attempts. They were fortunate 
with one of those being a miss, but in the end, you look at it and Cave did not play complimentary football. The defense set up the offense late on, but the offense didn't answer the bell, where early in the game, it was the offense kind of bailing the defense out a little bit, where KU was able to stay in the game. And in the end, it's a performance where KU probably went into Stillwater, played a C-level game, and somehow was able to keep it and be in an opportunity to probably win that game more often than not. I think that also speaks to the growth of the program where this is a game that over the last six years, Kansas has lost by an average of about 53 to 13. So mm -hmm. there is growth here, right, Fitz? But yeah. I think at the end of the day, Kansas needs to win football games, and they didn't play well enough as a collective to do that. Man, I, I just love this conference. It's just chaos. Complete and total chaos. Let's get to that now. Yeah, let's get to that, Fitz. <laughs> West Virginia lost to Houston on Thursday. Both Iowa State and Oklahoma State have now won back-to-back -back games. Fitz, were we too quick to judge those three teams early in Big 12 play? I don't remember uh, so many college football teams redefining themselves in the course of a season like this year. And it's happening all over the Big 12. West Virginia was supposed to be bad. I don't see any reason why they're not bad, and they're okay. But then, as soon as we start to think they're good, they get into the top 25, they lose at Houston in the most disastrous way you could think of when they scored the go-ahead touchdown with 13 seconds to go, and they still gave up a touchdown. Meanwhile, Iowa State suddenly looks like a juggernaut because they found a quarterback. I could have told Matt Campbell a year ago, Matt Campbell, look, Hunter Deckers was never the guy. He wasn't a guy. Why you insisted on starting him when you had someone else to do it, I'll never know. You just look around this league, Oklahoma State was awful. They got schooled by South Alabama in Stillwater, and now they're winning games. And yeah, even like K-State, uh, stunk it up last weekend in Stillwater, and then looked so much better at Texas Tech, and Avery Johnson had a big part of that. This, Michael, this... This league's just chaotic. It's bizarre. It's let me let me just tell you something. Uh, someone told me, don't bet on Big 12 football. You're going to lose yeah. all your money. And that was my wife. My wife told me that. <laughs> That's sound, that sound advice fits. I would agree, though. And I think Oklahoma State, right, is the one that if you thought of a team that's going to figure it out, I think you bet on Mike Gundy, right? right? And I think you look at the situations Oklahoma State has been in over the last two weeks, right? I believe it was home underdog, which I'm not sure Mike Gundy has ever lost a game as a home dog, you know? And so I think that one figures itself out over time, right? They're going to make a bowl game. But I think for me, West Virginia and Iowa State have been fascinating, where West Virginia is supposed to be bad, and they might still be bad and yet they're able to kind of weasel their way into a really good start to the season. In Iowa State, you mentioned the quarterback, right? Rocco Beck looks a lot better when the offense is more open and they're not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with a terrible offensive line and an okay run game. TCU looked awful last week at Iowa State and then trounced BYU to the point where mm -hmm. I think beer sales in Provo were set a record. <laughs> they shouldn't have beer sales in Provo. Anyhow, now a quick look at your... Poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. I feel like this is a cold takes exposed moment. Because last week's question was, who should start at quarterback for K-State this week? Will Howard got 67% of the votes and Avery Johnson got 33%. So shout out to 33% of you.
That's why democracy doesn't always work. Sometimes the majority is wrong. This week's question is this. We thought about asking the same question again. Mm. But let's go with this. Big 12 basketball media days are this week. Which Big 12 team will be the biggest challenge to Kansas in this new 14-school conference? And, boy, it's going to be fun because now you got A, Houston, B, Baylor, C, Kansas State, D, Texas, and, of course, vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Welcome back to the Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Let's go back to that guy again. Avery Johnson helped redirect K-State's game and quarterback depth chart. Can he help redirect the Wildcats' entire season? Yeah, yeah you know, it's uh, really valid because when they put him in, it forced – Texas Tech to start defending in different ways and it opened up different things. It opened up the running game. It opened up the passing game to some degree, but that's just one game. Uh, so I'll be very interested in how a team like TCU that has typically taken a lot of pride in their ability to defend might try to challenge him and attack him. I don't think it's as easy as changing your schemes because it just takes one guy to be a little bit slow and, and Avery's going to be through there. Uh, but he does seem to inspire a lot of his teammates. Here's an interesting moment that I caught watching on TV because I didn't go to this weekend's game. As they went to halftime, you know who the last guy into the locker room was? It was Sunshine. They call him Sunshine for that long blonde hair. He was the last one in the locker room at halftime because he spent the entire time leading up to that slapping hands with every single teammate as they headed to the locker room. This is a true freshman, but he has these natural leadership qualities that make him very endearing to the team. Now, Will Howard is an incredibly valuable asset to the program. He was the most supportive person of Avery in this performance, and it was kind of cool to watch. But it's undeniable that Avery brings something totally different to the field, not just different for K-State, maybe different from almost anyone else in college football. He's lightning quick, makes great decisions, throws good balls, uh, and uh, just like I said, has that thing about him that some quarterbacks make everything else look better for your team. There was a lot of rhythm to K-State's offense, and they got a lot more aggressive with him out there. Now, the thing I'm going to watch for Saturday, and maybe even the following Saturday, is how they disperse their snaps between these two quarterbacks. Because if you're Chris Kleiman, this isn't easy to solve. You, if you start Will Howard, you're probably going to get booed. But it's probably the right move, too. But if you start Avery Johnson and he flunks that test at home, then you got problems. You probably have damaged both quarterbacks. We'll see how they handle it. But K-State, I think, is going to be more competitive from here on out because Avery Johnson is next factor. Yeah, I think how the K-State coaching staff handles this is going to be really fascinating because I think you hit the nail on the head, Fitz. you got to keep rolling with Will Howard or else you really risk alienating kind of two quarterbacks in one swing. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I just don't know how he's going to balance it. You know, I'll be asking him about that at Tuesday's press conference. Well, after just six years or so, KU basketball's AIARP, I knew I was going to mess it up, Michael, investigation came to a close. Bill Self and Curtis Townsend had their charges lessened and KU avoided a postseason ban. Michael, did KU get off easy? I think so. Yeah. It's one of these situations where I think if you were to flash back to 2017 and show Bill Self 
Kansas athletics and KU fans, this is the final punishment you're gonna get from five level one violations, a, a charge of lack of institutional control. Everybody would have taken that. And yet, to some degree, you look at some of the other punishments, right? I believe Arizona got off um, scot-free and I think KU to some degree, probably, this is probably fair, right? Taking away uh, 15 wins from that 2017, 2018 season because Silvio de Sosa was uh, deemed ineligible. Now it's worth noting that the IARP is different than the NCAA. The NCAA cleared him twice. The IARP said, no, nah, he wasn't an eligible player. So they have to give those wins back. KU has to get back a final four banner. I think KU fans would probably also argue, hey, we were in, you know, in the San Antonio for the final four. We saw those games happen. Sure but record books are gonna be altered because of this. So I think overall, you look at that part of it, I think that's totally fair. And I also think it's completely fair that Kansas did not get a postseason ban. It's become pretty evident that the IARP did not want to punish current student athletes for the actions of adults in years past before they were even considering Kansas and in some case before guys were even in high school. So overall, I think it's fair. I think it's great that I think everybody can move on. Fitz, I was a sophomore in college when this started and I've now been working full time for three years. It's been a long time and it's Crazy. time that it's over. So overall, you're looking at this now. Kansas can move on. Bill Self and Travis Goff talked about it. They're good. They're ready for it to be over. Kansas can now move into this new phase where Allen Fieldhouse is undergoing renovations. There's NIL now where Kansas does a very good job in the basketball space. So it does seem like this is ripe for Kansas basketball to kind of take another step forward where for a long period of time, it felt like they were kind of treading in the mud because of the cloud of this investigation. Well, this whole process was a joke. It took six years to realize that ah, there's nothing here. I don't, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. This went on for so long that Bill Self started uh, this process being investigated by the IARP and ended this process as a member of the AARP. I mean, it, just, it just went on forever. It was just absurd how long this took. This committee was set up to, to expedite the process of investigating mm -hmm. and maybe add a little more oomph to the punishment because it was an outside entity and it did all the opposite things. It's, what, it's so typical of the NCAA. What a joke. Yeah, let's talk about that more. Yeah. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. The AIRP was set up as the NCAA's independent investigation arm, and after roughly six years of investigation, the committee only seemed to prove it's a giant waste of time. Was it? Yes, because I think, well, here's how I look at it, Fitz, right? It completely undermined the NCAA. Right. Because Oklahoma State showed you what happens if you go through the NCAA. They come out with some crazy punishments that punish current players that are not fair. And I think it also showed you that they kind of stuck their thumb up at what the NCAA considers some of its rules. Now, name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal has changed a lot of this now where I think the views of it are a lot different than they were six years ago. But yeah, in hindsight, it was a committee that is rightfully being disbanded. Yeah, this was their last action. This this took so long that uh, this was their last thing to do. And I'm gonna just be really blunt here. I started to wonder if this didn't get protracted and stretched out because they were getting paid the entire time and they made it last as long as they possibly could. And it, it, it was just a joke. It was a complete joke. Let's not forget Oklahoma State didn't use the IARP. They went through the NCAA's old-fashioned um, 
process. They were honest. They turned themselves in and got hammered. Terrible. They should live. They should somehow rectify all that. That's no. that was just the whole thing's been a mess. Whew. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Ark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week uh, is: Will Jalen Daniels play in more than four games this season? That's from Grant somewhere in Kansas. Thanks, Grant, for the Twitter yeah. question. Well, Willie. I'm going to say yes right now. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. If he plays against Oklahoma and then there's some talk heading into, I believe that's Iowa State next, that things are going wrong, then that for me is going to be uh, pretty risky because he's played in three games right now. It seems like he's progressing. He was in Stillwater with the team um, this past weekend. But I'm, it's, it's a weird situation, right? Back injuries are tough, but I think nowadays right, there's rightfully probably questions about, hey, you know, what else is going on? I, yeah, it's, it's a very strange situation. And I'll just say this, they need to go forward with Bean as their starting quarterback and quit even, don't be part of the drama. And if he can come back, then there you go. Move on. Yeah, I tend to agree. Yep. I think, you know, yeah, name your starter, roll with him if Jalen's able to play for the rest of the season. Cool, rock with that. Yep. But hey, thanks for the question. Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. It's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites, meeting your friends at Kites since 1954. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page, at The Drive 13. Mm. Here are last week's results. Nope. The fans were very good at 2-1. and one. I was incredible at 2-1, and one, and Michael went 1-2. and two. Let's speed through these. Okay. Uh, now here's this week's picks. KU's off, so we've got K-State playing host to TCU. K-State's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Michael, what you say? I'll take TCU. I think that's a lot of points, a and I like the points. momentum TCU has. I'll stick with K-State, but I'm pretty confident the purple team's going to win. Next up is Cincinnati going to play Baylor on the road. We have this as a pick I'm going to take Baylor and not feel good about it. I will take Cincinnati. And also not feel good about it. <laughs> Checkmate. And our last game of the week is West Virginia uh, and Oklahoma State in Morgantown. So West Virginia is basically a two-and-a-half-point home field favorite. I'll take the Mountaineers reluctantly. I'll take Oklahoma State. I, I liked what I saw from them, even if I didn't think it was a perfect performance. We're short on time, but do you feel good about a single no. one of your picks? No. Yeah, I don't either. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 and now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by Local, for a strong local community. Here is Michael Swain of Fog.net. Fitz, I want to talk about officiating discourse. Ooh. Lance Leipold was about as upset uh, as I've seen him, or maybe frustrated is the right word, with the officiating that took place late in the game in Stillwater. And I've seen a lot of fans from KU side, Oklahoma State, other fans jumping in and saying, don't blame the officials for the loss. Sharing your frustration with officiating is not blaming officials on the loss, and I don't think many fans in the end actually do that. It's jumping to conclusions. The officiating was not great in Stillwater. I think there were missed calls on both sides. You can admit that. And I think there needs to be a broader discussion about officiating, maybe those officials being held more accountable, considering how much money 
is in the sport. And this goes for both college football and pro football. You know, the Big 12 hired a bunch of new officials, and I, I've thought they've been pretty good this year, but yeah, they, everyone, every once in a while you get one of those. Well, Avery Johnson comes out of Mays, Kansas. He was a highly recruited four-star quarterback with offers from places such as Oregon and Notre Dame. And not just those blank offers that you can't really commit to. They wanted him. But he chose Kansas State. He wanted to play at home. The NIL did play a factor. And that's how the NIL can help programs like KU and K-State. Because Avery Johnson held more value to Kansas State than he did those other places. Those other places probably had their sights set on bigger name players. But Avery is going to be special in college football. I expect him to kind of become a national figure. It's all that long blonde hair and being called sunshine. It's great marketing, things that I will never have. Long blonde hair and that great ability to run the ball. That's it for this edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.